People always want to know what it's like to be me. How does it feel to see a dead body? Tell a family their loved one has been murdered. Talk to a rape victim. Catch a killer. And get them to confess. Hold on tight, my friends. Get ready for the journey. And welcome to Murder with Menina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Murder with Menina. On today's episode, we are going to be doing part four of the Marina Bolter case. And we have a special guest on our show today, Colleen, and her name is Amanda. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. So I'm just going to dive into this. You've got some information and can shed a lot on Marina's case. So I'm just going to kind of start from the very beginning and almost talk to you like I would um, as I'm investigating the case. So um, if you don't mind, um, your your name is Amanda. You can use your last name if you want, but where do you live? I live in Bloomfield, Indiana. Okay. And so that's, how far is that from Bloomington? Not that far, right? Um, maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, Colleen and I have been to Bloomfield before. Um, we went and talked with Marina's mother, Tressie. So um, anyways, um, just Talk to us a little bit. Tell us how you are familiar with this case, the people that you know, and just kind of from the very beginning, um, how you know Marina and the situation um, as of now. Okay. Um, Well, I first met Marina. um, I didn't put it together until afterwards, but um, I first met Marina when she was uh, my neighbor a few years before. I think it was maybe... I don't know if it was a few years before she uh, had went missing. And then um, I was, I was involved with the case um, because detective Stilly, the, um, the lead investigator, he had contacted me about my ex-husband. Okay. Let me just, just, let me just jump in real quick. So you met Marina a couple years before she went missing. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how did you meet her and, and were you guys friends? Just kind of tell me the relationship. Um, I just saw her in passing. I lived in an apartment complex and uh, she was across the hall and she was just a, a girl at that time. I mean, she was uh, early teens, but uh, Cricket, her mom and Faith also lived there. I vaguely remember Marina and Faith being there. Um, I did talk to her real name's Tressie, but it, everyone calls her cricket, which is right. uh, Marina's mom. And so, you know, I talked to her some, um, she came over a couple of times to visit, you know? Uh, but other than that, I didn't, didn't really see the girls often unless it was just in passing. Okay. Okay. And then how did you hear about, uh, Marina, uh, going missing? Like, how did it, how did you find out about this? Uh, well, everyone knew, uh, it was just big news, um, around town and, and apparently, um, you know, other places too. Uh, but, um, it's a small town. I think there's only like maybe 2000 people in the town. So when something like that happens, you, you know, you, you hear about it. Sure. Okay. And then at some point the investigator wanted to talk to you or how did you get involved? Yeah. Um, so I was on a field trip with one of my kids and, um, I think it was like maybe a month after she had went missing and, um, detective Stilly called me and started asking me 
some questions about my ex-husband, but that wasn't the first time that he, um, that he and I had met. Um, he was investigating my ex-husband, um, I think two years, maybe, yeah, around two years before Marina had ever went missing, um, for some pretty serious things, um, that kind of looped into Marina going missing. Okay. Does that do you make mind any telling sense? us? Yeah. Do you mind telling us what the serious things were? Yeah. Um, that's a whole, there's a whole lot to that. Um, so I'm trying to think where to start. Um, so we, we were, I had just told him that I wanted a divorce. Um, he asked me to do, you know, some marriage counseling and, and I told him I'll give him that. And so we're kind of in that stage of things. And, um, he was real close with his uncle, which is his age. And, um, but he was, he was mostly close with his uncle's wife and he was over there visiting and he was, his, uh, his niece was playing on his phone and a message came up from the uncle's, <clears throat> the uncle's niece. So it's kind of confusing, but from a, another family member, this girl was playing on the phone and there was a, a message came up from this family member and she was, I think 14 or 15 at the time. Um, and so the girl handed the phone to her mom and that's when it was found that he had been, um, solicitating. He, he was, uh, not just with her, but we found hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, um, of, incidents where he was talking to young, very young girls, um, trying to get pictures and he was like posing as a photographer and, um, in exchange for money or alcohol or even drugs sometimes, um, and to get them to send him pictures. And so she got a hold of me and, uh, of course he's freaking out. And like, don't believe it, don't believe it. And it was right there in front of me, right? You know. And um, so a couple of days later, she's like, "Well, I I contacted the police, of course." And um, and that's when Detective Stilly um, and I first met. So okay. you know, I I handed over our laptop and uh, any any and everything I could think of that he had ever been on, because you know how um, you go on the laptop and there's different accounts and then you, you have to have a password to, to get into like that person's computer on the right. same computer. Okay. Right. So I didn't know his passwords or anything. So I just handed everything over and, um, he had his computer guy, as he said, um, went through it and there was 357 pictures of child erotica on wow. it. Um, as young as two years old, he said, wow. so, our kids in, in the way he was getting them was he was exchanging these pictures of these girls and things on a site called 4chan. And he was exchanging these pictures to get pictures. And we didn't know. So our kids, like any kids we could ever think of our kids, they all had to be run through the facial recognition system mm -hmm. to see if our kids were involved in that. Um, but within all of this, we also found out, and I mean, I was, it was like this triggered, all these girls started coming to me or like, if I just happened to be talking to somebody, they'd say, oh, I know him. 
and he was trying to get me to do this. And, you know, and there was uh, a lot of times where he, he would take girls out to the cover bridge, which is if, if anybody's familiar with Bloomfield, they'll know where that's at. Um, he lived on a dead end road where at the end of that road is the white river. Okay. Um, and he would take them down there. Um, and he was doing the, all of this was, while you were married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Um, see, I, yeah, yeah. It, and that's just, uh, I, you know, that's just scraping the surface. It's, that's just me trying to tell you as quickly as I can. Sure. Um, okay. So you met so the that's detective. How I first met Stilly. Okay. And what's for the listeners, what is your ex-husband's name again? Brian Pearson. Okay. Okay. So and, you have this you know, obviously relationship with the detective and, and from prior yeah. and then the Marina situation happens. And so he contacts you to interview you, right. About Marina and what possible connection he has with her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what, what were you able to tell him and what did he learn from that? Uh, well, that first phone call, he was asking me, um, you know, what's Brian's phone number? Has he had any other phone numbers that you know of? Um, we share a son. So he wanted to know if my son was over there that night, which he was. Um, but yeah, just, just because he had my son does not mean that he couldn't leave the house. He lived with his two grandparents. So, um, yeah, I mean, he could leave whenever he wanted to leave. Sure. Okay. So the detective's calling you and you're starting to talk a little bit about the relationship with Marina. And so what, it, what else did the detective ask you and, and what other information about that? Uh, do you mean just in that phone call? Cause this lasted for, for a, a good yeah, while. I mean, he's, is he calling to get information? Cause he feels like he's involved with Marina's disappearance. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? Absolutely. Okay. Um, we, so when this happened, um, I stopped letting my son go over there and, um, and he didn't like that. So he took me to court and detective Stilly and cricket, uh, both testified for, on my behalf. So I was asking Stilly questions in court, um, about Brian's involvement with Marina and he didn't want to say anything. He was kind of like looking at me like, I can't, you know, yeah. I can't talk about it. And, and his, the only answer I get out of him for a while was, um, th that's an ongoing investigation. I can't discuss it. And then finally from across the room, I just kind of looked at him like, you've got to give me something here. And, um, and I asked him just very, bl very bluntly again, I said, is what is Brian's involvement with this case? Why are you here? And he, and he finally gave it to me and he said, Brian Pearson's our primary suspect in the Marina Bolter case. And I'm sure there's transcripts mm -hmm. of that, uh, court session. You know, I, I wouldn't know how to get it or any of that, but I'm sure it exists. Okay. And why does he, why, uh, let me ask you this. Do you, you feel like he's involved in it? Absolutely. Everything points okay. to it. Okay. So explain for the listeners about like him being the driver. Well, he told me he was the driver. So... <laughs> We know that Marina was at work and she got picked up. Why do you feel like he's involved and why do you feel like everything is pointing towards him? Um, because, well, first off, he was going in his history that, um, that I lived through 
uh, his, like his his history with uh, with girls and things and what he was doing with them. Um, the fact that he picked her up and he was the last person to see her. Um, he was going in there and flirting with her before she went missing. Um, because he joked about it and, um, you know, and then, you know, after she went missing, of course, I, I just flat out asked him and, and he said, well, if I, if I did, nobody would find out. So, wow. and then, and then, you know, he wow. told me he was the driver. Still, he told me he was the driver. Um, and not to say anything to Cricket, but I did. And, okay. uh, I, you know, okay. he's probably not going to be real happy that I'm doing this anyway. But, um, you know, the police have been, they've been on it, but they've been, uh, they've, they've, uh, been very back and forth on things. Like, uh, I think it was like, Four or five years after she went missing, I went in to talk to Stilly to kind of update him on some things. Um, and he wanted to act like Brian was totally innocent after that. And and that's not at all what was, you know, what was uh, being portrayed at the beginning. He, he, I mean, he said right there in court that he was a suspect. So did you tell the detective that he confessed that he was the driver? Yeah. Okay, and did he, the detective, interview him? Uh, yeah, he said that he had went out there and uh, and spoke with him, and you know, he the second time that I or the last time that I talked to him, um, like four or five years after she went missing, I asked him if they had taken dogs on his property because he's got five acres of property at, of woods, and uh, you know, the dead end that ends at the river. So I asked him if there'd ever, if they had ever searched the woods or anything. And, and he told me, yeah, we had dogs up and down that whole place. But then I asked his grandpa who's lived there for like 70 years. Um, has there ever been, you know, when, when the police came out here, did they ever bring dogs out or anything? And he would know if there was dogs, a team of dogs. And he said, no, nobody's ever done that. Okay. You know, and I know that they do that sometimes for, you know, the integrity of the case. They, they'll they tell somebody one thing and then tell them another and, and keep things from them and, you know, as far as information goes. But uh, it's just very back and forth the way that, that they've been. So how long was did, did you know of him flirting with Marina? Um, At least a month because he was taking my son in there and he... He said something about going and talking about that cute blonde in IGA. And then I, I think I made a joke, something about um, our son as being uh, like chick bait, you know, like just kind of joking around yeah. about it. Um, so I knew that he was going in there and talking to her. And then he said he said something about um, after she went missing, I said, well, did you know her or what? You know, like, did you? Did you know her, know her, or did you just go in there and know her? And he said um, that, yeah, she used to give Grandpa fried chicken all the time. And, you know, like like they were just uh, just real tight, you know? Okay. All right, so why, in your opinion, why would he kill her? What I think happened... 
I think he picked her up with the intentions of doing the same kind of things that he did with those other girls. Um, like, you know, maybe try to sleep with her or try to solicitate her or something. And because he seemed, you know, I'm not judging, but it seemed like he mostly went after the girls that he could figure out what they wanted. Like, he knew that she was trying to recover and things. And, um, but I think, I think she rejected him. And, uh, I don't think he dropped her off at the apartment. I think that they kept going. Um, because if you pass her apartment, that's right where he lives. Um, and it's also where the cover bridge is at. I mean, you just hang a left right there and you're pretty much at his place. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think she told him no, and I think he didn't like that. Okay. And do, did he carry any guns or? Well, not that I know of, but the whole reason I, I even married him was because at that time he was 13 years sober and he was like, I wasn't really, um, you know, attracted to him or into him, but he was kind of like the one that well, maybe I should finally get a good one, you know. He seemed to have his self together, even though he lived with his grandparents. But he seemed to to not do anything where he would even need a gun, you know. Right. Um, so I, I wouldn't think so, but I've been surprised by him before, you know. Yeah. And so... When you when you look at this, like in the town, what was the town and all of the rumors and what did they think happened to her? So there's a couple of different theories. Um, there's this one, um, which people know about. Um, there's the one where there's a guy, uh, a very known uh, a, a real bad guy um that's known to be in the drug circle um that is known for for shooting people up with bleach um things like that um and then there's another little rumor that i've heard that um that it, it was a group of people um involving drugs some people think that her mom had something to do with it. Um, I mean, there's there's several different theories, but um, I mean, I lived this one, you know. Like I I saw blood in his car. I I lived this one. Okay, so that's like huge. So you saw when did you see blood in his car? Um, it was very shortly after. Uh, maybe a couple weeks to a month after um, okay. I was exchanging my son and I was putting him in the back seat of Brian's car and on the inside of the rear passenger door there was a smear of blood like somebody had swiped across the door it was maybe three inches whatever that blood came from was bleeding um, you know, enough to leave a three inch smear. And he told me that, um, he had saw on Facebook where somebody had run over a bobcat and he thought that that was really neat and he wanted to go see it. And, um, and so he went and he said he found it and 
then he picked it up and that's what the blood was from but then he freaked out because quote those things have chips in them and so he didn't want the dnr to find them and get in trouble so he went and, and ditched it threw it in the ditch um in in front of the shriners club is what he said but i immediately went and looked uh in front of the shriners club I actually physically went out there and walked the ditch and there was no such thing there was nothing there okay do you know if the police ever knew about the blood in the car or did a search warrant for the car yeah, I told him about it. I told Cricket about it. And um, the day that we had court, um, outside when we were all done, uh, Cricket was waiting for him to walk out. And she went up to him and asked him, I want your car tested. Did you get your car tested? I want you to take a lie detector test. Have you done that? And, you know, like any mom would. And, um, and he lied to her and said that the car was tested. Funny thing is, it never was, um, according to Stilly anyway. At that point, when at that point in time, when I asked him that, it wasn't tested, and um, and he lied to her and said that it was, and um, and it wasn't long after that he got rid of his car. Um, I'm not sure what he did with it. I I think he had it destroyed, but I I'm not gonna say that 100. percent but um, it, the car was fine. There was no reason to get rid of the car. Um, it had a little crack on the bumper, and that was it. The car was gone after that, and it wasn't too long after uh, Cricket was asking about testing the car. So did did Cricket go up to the detective and ask if it was tested, or? Uh, I don't remember. It you know this was over five years ago. Um, sure. I just wonder if the detective ever knew that there was blood in the car. Oh, yeah. I told him. I told him there was blood in the car. God, why wouldn't he have tested that? I mean, that's such an easy test. I know. And then as far as that lie detector, um, at least in the beginning, Stilly was telling me, no, he had not taken a lie detector test. And then when I talked to him um, the last time, about four or five years after she went missing, I asked him if he had taken a lie detector test, and he said that he did. But at first he was telling me he didn't. So have you heard from the detective or anybody in a while? I haven't. If I was to try to, to call him, um, you know, he most definitely would call me back kind of thing. But I haven't, I haven't mm -hmm. talked to him in a while. I, I mean... Brian passed almost two years ago, so, there, I mean, there's not been anything new. You know, I still have, I still have girls telling me, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, this is, this is what he tried to do with me. And he, was he ever, was he ever arrested for those things? When we were dating, there's a little a town called Odin. It's, um, maybe 30 minutes from Bloomfield, and, uh, and he said, well, I've got to go into the police station. Um, I was getting threats and stuff from somebody online. And they told me that they know where my aunt lives or whatever, something in, in Odin. And that they're real close by. Somehow he ended up going to Odin. And his story is he kicked in a door trying to find this person. And when he kicked the door in, there was a woman standing there holding a baby. So he left real fast. And the police wanted him to go in there and talk to him. But, and so he did go, he did go into the police department and talk to the police. I just don't know what really happened. 
Um, yeah, it, to me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I don't, I think he was trying to, like, make up some kind of badass story or something. Sorry. Um, but I think no, no, maybe that's okay. he was, he was called in, uh, for, you know, like talking to somebody or like he shouldn't have been. I, I'm not really sure what happened, but he did have to go in and talk to the police. Well, so are Brian's grandparents still alive? His grandpa is, yeah. And and we're actually extremely close. Um, extremely close. I just wonder if Brian, if he if he thinks Brian did this. Uh, I think he's definitely questioned it, um, but he would never say that. Brian was, I mean, Brian was basically his son. Brian's brother, um, he does think that he did. Um, we've talked about it a lot actually um his brother and i are are in very bad we're we're not getting along but um but we used to and um and he was even telling me that there was uh there's a field across the street from where brian and his grandparents lived and the neighbors that own that field found an old phone in that field and I, I don't remember seeing any kind of description about this phone or anything, but according to his brother, it's the same kind of phone with the same kind of case that Marina had. Wow. And the dogs probably haven't been over there. Yeah. Right. Over there. Right. And see, now that he's passed, my son owns that property. For now, anyway, there's a, a battle over it that's got to do with his brother. But, but you know, for now... Um, my son owns it and I would love to get dogs out there. That's, that's one reason why I contacted you because I, I feel like if okay. there was just dogs out there, then, you know, I know we would find something. I know we would. Okay. Well, we'll try, I'm going to try to arrange that. Yeah. Who's, who was Brian's best friend? He was one of them people that, um, didn't really have like one specific best friend but if he didn't know everybody he acted like he knew everybody okay i just wonder who he would confide in if he actually did this people always talk and tell somebody um so his name's mike um but i've tried to contact him um just simply about getting some old pictures to make my son an album for his dad you know um but he never he never replied. So, and what about? I'm sure the police were out, but did they? They didn't look through Brian's room or anything. I don't know. Um, you know, they said they went out there and questioned him and everything, but I don't know how extensive that was. Um, when he died, his brother and his cousin uh, cleaned his room out, and. I, I so really bad wanted to uh, help with that, you know, to, for obvious reasons, yeah. but I, I didn't because it was real, um, you know, too soon type of thing for me to be going in there and doing that. What about that phone case? Where's that at? So as far as I know, the phone and the phone case is at the neighbor's house that uh, the people that own that field where it was found. Wow, I'd love to get a hold of that. Do you, could you get that, do you think? I could. Um, I could try. I, I don't even know who lives there. My son does. Um, 
but okay. yeah I, I mean I could knock on the door and ask but I, I don't know them okay but we could get on that piece of property where you think where the phone case was found oh yeah dogs okay and Amanda how did how did Brian die there were five causes of death um but mainly it was cirrhosis of the liver and like I said, when we were married, and I don't think he was drinking when we were married. Um, he was 13 years sober. And according to his brother, the time that he started drinking was right after Marina went missing. This is all according to his brother. I had no idea he was drinking until he died. What was his behavior like after Marina went missing? I mean, I didn't really see too much of a change in him. Um stressed out um <clears throat> like a, a, on edge um another thing his brother told me uh you know and it, it's from his brother but it's also from his brother you know um i don't i don't think he would lie to me about it because we we were both very um very into trying to figure out what happened and um so the neighbors uh, there's like a small pond on his property that they kind of share with the neighbors. Um, they know the neighbors real well, like they're over there every day. And um, so I guess on April Fool's, uh, after Marina had went missing, I don't know what year, um, the neighbor had went down to the lake and kind of muddied up one of those fake skeleton skulls and um like left it sticking it uh in the ground some but kind of sticking out and they went and told brian hey uh you know kind of freaking out hey you got to come see this you got to come in the back and see this trying to prank him um and took him back there and when he saw the skull i, I guess he, he just completely lost it um and was really freaking out bad and um you know but of course it was a prank but but you know why why would he freak out so bad like that right do you think um brian's brother would talk to me yeah i do um i do think he would he's uh you know he he's a decent person that I think does want to get to the bottom of this. Um, you know, even though we have our feud going on, I think I do, I do think he'd want to help you. Okay. Okay. So what we have based on what you're saying is he admitted to you that he was the driver. You did visually see some blood in the back of his car. Um, and then he obviously has a history of, of doing these types of things and you were aware of the fact that he was flirting with her. So that, that if he was flirting with her, that she probably got in the car willingly then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think she did. I think she knew him just, you know, as a regular. I wonder if anybody saw him. Um, like the day of at the IGA with Marina, I if would anybody think saw him. That- there are cameras inside that store, but I mean, at the same time, it's just 
just a little hometown IGA, you know, I don't know if they had cameras, but he, I don't think he, as far as when he picked her up, I, from what I've heard, I don't, I don't think he went inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the information I got. Well, since he was living with his grandparents, where would he have taken her? There's a lot of, um, I'm at, I've actually taken pictures of, of a lot of the spots, but, um, there are all kinds of places he could have put her on his property. Um, and then, like I said, the dead end road that ends right there at, at, at a very, um, a very rough part of the river. Um, and then there's the cover bridge. I don't, I don't think she's at the cover bridge. I don't think... I think they could find some things in the river, um, but I think she's probably on his property where he could keep an eye on her. Sorry, I'm right across the street from a, a construction site. Well, that's, I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, no, that's okay. Okay, well, I think the next step is to try to get the dogs down there. I'll come down there. Um look, I just, I just want to come down there, start at the IGA and then kind of land at the, um, a property. I would love to get a hold of that phone case and then just search the properties with the dog and then see if we can, um, we can find her. That would be, that would be the next step. You know, it's, it's really strange to me how they're just the whole story about what happened after Marina got in his car. It is all coming from the driver, from him. And I mean, we're just supposed to believe that's what happened. There's no proof of anything after she got in his car, except for what he said. And that's what everyone has run with. That's what the whole story is of what happened, right? But it says who? Says him. You know, it just, yeah. uh, I, that's not good enough for me. When you found out that Brian had solicited all of these young girls, was there any hint of it in his personality before that? Or was it, did it completely lambast you? So, yes, absolutely there was. Um, I even, so he had, the time that he should have left for work in the morning would have been like around five o'clock, but he was leaving at three. And... So I actually had my mom <laughs> set down the road and see which direction he went on a couple different occasions. And uh, it was not in the right direction. Wow. So that, um, and then, you know, there was a couple of times where um, people, girls, uh, women that I knew um, had said, hey, uh, he's messaging me this way and I think you should know about it, you know, and um so I, I knew, um, but like I said, I, I don't know, for some reason with him, I just didn't really mind that much. Um, I, I wasn't, um, doing anything with him as far as what married people do. So, you know, I wasn't like a health concern or anything. Um, and I pretty much knew that it was not going to last, um, anyway but I just thought it was cheating I just thought he was cheating and that was it you know um and then it just so happened that like three days after I told him I was done done uh all that came out on the phone and then it was so much worse than I thought it was 
you know, um, the, the older girl, and then it was hard to get people, that's another thing I wanted to make sure that I said on here, it is so hard to get people, not just the girl, these girls, but, you know, their mad boyfriends, their dads, their whoever, brothers, sisters, to get anyone to come out and say anything, um, I did have one, this, this, that testified in court, and that was only because I'd known her forever that she did that for me, but they're all, um, they're all, they were all, like, afraid that they were gonna get in trouble, so it, it was very difficult for anyone to actually speak out, so if you are hearing this, and you have experience with this kind of thing from him, please say something, please, you're more than welcome to message me, you know who I am, I'm sure, if you know who he is, um, you know, please, because, I mean, it's years later, you just come forward, and, uh, at least let somebody know, yeah, he was that way with me, and right, it establishes a pattern, of course, and how well do you know Marina's sister? Um, I know her decent, um, you know, I haven't really spent any time with her for a, a, a long while, but yeah, I, I know her really well. She knows who I am. Yeah. Cause she's trying to keep this story alive and we've had her on the podcast and yeah. So, okay. Well, I, you know, when people want to give information about cold cases and I never blow them off cause I think, you know, you, you are obviously married to at the one point was the police's prime suspect. So I think we just need to do a little bit more work with it and we can get this thing figured out. Absolutely. Anything that I can do to help. Thank you so much. Um, that still even said once, uh, it was hard to get his boss to believe or take seriously anything that I, I said, any information I had, because to him, I could just be the crazy ex-wife. But, um, but I mean, I have my son that, you know, there's no reason for me to keep going with this. Brian's past, you know, um, that's not what this is at all. Um, but I do understand where it could look that way. And so I just thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much. I was just going to let you know, I've got, um, three, like three full pages front and back here of, um, of things that I wanted to talk about, and I, and I know I didn't bring them all up, so I'll just send them to you. Well, well, you've been extremely helpful and and given me different avenues to look down, and and I will definitely follow up with that. So again, appreciate you coming on here, and uh, we'll keep it moving forward. And uh, part four of Marina Bolter as we continue to investigate. We'll see you guys next time on Murder with Manina. If you have a cold case you'd like Chris to review, submit it through our website at murderwithmenina.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder with Menina and Twitter at Murder W. Menina. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Murder with Menina.